Episode 3, The Parent Connection. Welcome to Created in Their Image. This is the podcast for people who want to elevate how they see themselves, others, and the world around them. I'll teach you more about who you truly are and how that can transform your life and relationships. I'm your host, Charlene Chambers. I'm a mom of three. I love to cook new foods, and I especially love learning. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. thanking everybody that is listening and sharing and liking my Facebook page. I am so excited to be on this journey and that I have some support with it. So thank you. To start, I want to tell you about my friend Becky. She is amazing. She's an incredible woman of strength and I just love her. But the reason I wanted to tell you about her is because she is the one who created the cover art for created in their image and isn't it beautiful she is so talented and just all around a pretty darn amazing woman who I feel very blessed to know so I wanted to give her a quick little shout out for her part in this podcast one of the beautiful things about having all-knowing parents is that they designed us and the world knowing the things we needed to learn and the experiences that we needed to learn from. Together, they created a beautiful earth and organized us, their children, into smaller, shall we say, micro-families. Ultimately, we all belong to the same singular family, that of our Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. But God, being a God of order, and knowing what we, His children, needed, established an order by which He desired us to be organized into. That order being the establishment of smaller families. Just as in heaven, he designed families to be led by a mother and a father. Together, our heavenly mother and father established and showed us the example for families. I imagine they also showed us through example the value in certain roles and responsibilities, and they counseled us not to control us, but because they knew that abiding by their design would bring their children, whom they know and love more deeply than we can imagine, the most happiness. As all-knowing parents and creators of the plan, they also knew that they would be sending us to earth in imperfect mortal states, with a veil covering our minds. They knew that we would come to earth having forgotten all that we had previously learned such a short time before, during that heavenly experience. Of course, as loving parents, they also give us help, clues, examples, and knowledge along the way. Again, not to control us, but to set us up for success and show us the most effective path to happiness and righteousness. One such example of that knowledge came through the prophet Gordon B. Hinckley. In September of 1995, it was set forth as the Family Proclamation. At the time, this proclamation seemed fairly commonplace. It was, for the most part, in line with society's generally accepted recommendations, 
and it set forth the framework that is most likely to lead to the greatest happiness and success, regardless of society or time frame. After establishing the importance of this message with a simple yet profound statement that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children, the proclamation begins. All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son, or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. This inspired proclamation, of course, begins by establishing the foundation of who we are, reminding us of our divine existence, from where and from whom we came. Our heavenly parents love us. They want us to know where we came from and from whom they came. Not so they can puff themselves up, but that we may know the privilege and the access we have within our reach, as well as the expectations set forth to us, their children, from them, our creators and parents. This sentiment is repeated in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? It's not enough to remember only who we are. We must also remember the privilege and access to assistance, strength, and knowledge that comes with that divine lineage. The proclamation continues. In the premortal realm, spirit, sons, and daughters knew and worshipped God as the Eternal Father and accepted His plan by which His children could obtain a physical body and gain earthly experience to progress towards perfection and ultimately realize their divine destiny as heirs of eternal life. From this, we learn that we knew of God's plan, desires, and expectations before we came here to earth. We also learn of the purpose of this mortal experience, that their children could obtain a physical body and gain earthly experience to progress towards perfection and ultimately realize their divine destiny as heirs of eternal life. In that statement lies both a message of hope and relief. We can receive hope as we embrace our divine destiny as heirs of eternal life, and we can feel relief as we clearly read the expectation that we gain experience and progress toward perfection. Note that nowhere other than the deceit of the devil and unrealistic expectations we sometimes place on ourselves and others, are we expected to be perfect? What this does say is that we are expected to gain experience and to progress. That is a pursuit that we can all achieve. The proclamation goes on to provide important counsels and warnings that, if heeded, will help us to find happiness, avoid unnecessary sorrow and pain, and set us up for the most success. Of course, as imperfect beings, living in a fallen world, there are many mistakes and missteps, and for many, their circumstances are not ideal or have looked quite different than what is counseled here. The Lord knows your circumstance and your heart, and most importantly, He has provided for us a Savior and an atonement that can redeem us from our sinful state. It also heals, comforts, and empowers, and the Lord promises to make up for the painful experiences of our earthly experience that have come from the sins and doings of others, though that restitution may not come in this life. There is beauty and wisdom in the creation and design of families, of which we are all a part, despite varying circumstances. 
I want to share with you some of the perspectives I've gained regarding my heavenly parents as I've examined my experience in a family and more specifically as a parent. You may or may not be a parent, but I hope that I can add value to you through sharing what I've learned about our Heavenly Parents through some of my experiences. My oldest is six years old, so I won't say I'm a seasoned parent, but I can say that I have at least six years of experience for whatever that's worth. I want to be clear that I am not comparing myself to God, but rather I am examining some of the experiences that he's let me have in part so that I can understand him and our Heavenly Parents' roles a little bit better. Now, as a mom, here are just a few of the things in my very human and imperfect state that I felt about my own children, and how I believe that correlates with how our Heavenly Parents see us. The first is a deep love, more than I imagined possible. I love my children more deeply than I could have comprehended prior to becoming a parent. It's a love that seems to expand no matter the number of children in our family. And what's even more is that the more I learn to truly love and understand myself, the more my capacity to love others grows, as well as my ability to love more deeply. And yet, our heavenly parents have a capacity to love beyond our mortal comprehension. My kids' happiness is important to me, not just their survival. I don't want them to just scrape by. I want them to thrive. I want to bless them. One lighthearted example of that is my kids do a lot of dress-up play. So after Halloween, we go and buy some costumes on clearance so they can play with them throughout the year. Now, we bought a few great costumes this year, and they asked if they would need to buy them or not. Now, I could have made them earn them, but occasionally... I want to bless them with something special just because I love them and they're mine. Our heavenly parents want to and do bless us just because they can and they are our parents. In the scriptures, there are wicked people throughout the scriptures who still have some blessings. One mistake does not typically render them homeless and starving. And an even more beautiful example is our earth. God did not just give us the necessities of life. In Genesis 1.31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It doesn't say, and it was adequate for survival. It says, it was very good. We have endless varieties of flowers, birds, animals, and butterflies. I'm certain that if one of those varieties was missing, the world would keep on turning. Yet, here they are, created for our enjoyment and pleasure. Not because we earned it, but because the Lord wants to bless us. Now, maybe he torments us a little too because um, mosquitoes, I don't know what's up with those pesky little things. But he also gave us incredible and breathtaking sunsets. There are so many blessings that we have that we did absolutely nothing to earn. However, As any parent knows, giving everything for nothing does not typically yield a very positive outcome. I will help my kids, but sometimes I'm waiting for them to want help and to ask for help. One example is my kids like putting together puzzles. Well, I thought they did, or at least they did until yesterday. 
My six-year-old informed me yesterday that puzzles are so boring for him, which I'm pretty sure is code for the puzzles made for his little sisters are too easy for him. But bear with me. My kids will be putting together a puzzle or otherwise solving some sort of problem. And sometimes I'm dying to help them, but they don't want my help. Or I offer, and I'm just waiting for them to ask or take me up on the offer. Our heavenly parents have ultimate wisdom. They know when it's helpful for them to intervene or extend help versus when we need to dig deep and find our own strength. They want to help and they want us to ask for their help. Our heavenly parents want to show up for us and they will in their infinite wisdom. By no means is my wisdom infinite, but I feel comfortable saying it's often greater than my kids who are six and under. Because of that, I let my kids struggle if I believe it is for their good. For example, we have chores, and oh my goodness, the dishwasher. Wow. I could do it myself. I could do it better, faster. It would be way easier than teaching them and struggling. And the patience that it requires sometimes because it takes so long. I could do it myself. But my kids need to learn the skill. If I were to step in and rescue them at their every groan, they would never learn their own strength. Because I want what is truly best for them in the long run, not just what feels best right now, I allow them to struggle. I let them not always win and not always get everything they want. For one, it keeps them humble. But it also teaches them invaluable skills that they will need as they continue to grow and face bigger and more difficult challenges in the future. Another perspective I've gained as a parent is that because I love my children, I also set expectations and I ask them to rise to those. I don't expect them to perform perfectly, but I do expect them to learn and to make improvements. So as a loving parent, I set an expectation and I have rules for my children. Why? Because I have greater perspectives as to what will ultimately be for their good. Our family rules are there to help and protect each member of our family and those that come into our sphere of influence. They aren't there to control or force, and certainly not because we expect perfection. But following those rules does provide a level of protection and more easily creates an environment of growth, unity, love, and joy. An example for you is that we have rules about running into the street, touching the stove, how we interact with others, and how we behave in general. Sometimes my kids say, I feel like you're being our boss or you're controlling us. And sometimes, to be fair, that may be my imperfect parenting coming through. But other times, it's because I have a greater perspective than they. And I see wisdom in the rule and its necessity, even if they don't. For example... Regardless of their confidence and their abilities, in our home, we do not go swimming without an adult. Sometimes they think they have the skill to take on the challenge themselves, but I see a bigger picture and I see dangers that they don't. Their inability to see the danger or recognize the potential consequences in a situation does not remove the inherent danger or effects. Likewise, the scriptures are clear. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not remove his expectations of his children according to the whims of society. He has expectations for us, 
and regardless of how limited our mortal perspectives are, he does not change his expectations or the laws of God, despite our inability to recognize the danger of breaking those laws. Now to my last parallel. I don't just care about my kids' wins. I don't only want to hear from them when they have wants or needs or good news. Regular communication and interaction builds our relationship. The best feeling as a mom is when my kids come to just talk with no agenda, not out of a need or because they have news to share or something they want to show me, but because they care and they just want to talk and connect and build our relationship. Both our successes and our failures matter to our heavenly parents and also the mundane and the boring. Our heavenly parents want to hear from us. During the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus instructs us how to pray. He teaches us by example through the Lord's Prayer that we should pray to the Father, but I'm confident that in their wisdom, Heavenly Mother hears what she needs to as well. Personally, I believe that she also responds, but because they're one in purpose, we and they often don't differentiate between who is speaking, though I still believe that there is room to develop that sacred relationship between us and our Heavenly Mother. She is our mother, and she is an important part of our life and our existence, and it's okay to acknowledge that and to seek for greater understanding of that incredible divine nature that we are a part of and that we descend from. When I searched prayer on comeunterchrist.org, I found the following quote, We pray for many reasons, but most importantly, we pray to express our love to God and feel his love for us. We share the details of our lives with friends and family, and God wants us to do the same with him. We can go to him to discuss any thought, feeling, or experience. As we talk to him about those things, we become closer to him and more like him. God is your loving father in heaven, and he wants to hear from you. You can reach out to him by praying to him, and as his child, you can ask your heavenly father for help and guidance in your life. I have absolutely come to know that that is true. Our heavenly parents hear us, they care about us, and they love us beyond belief. My challenge for you this week is to pray. It won't always be a prayer challenge, but talking to our parents and understanding who they are and who we are is a big part of this podcast. And the best way to get to know them is through prayer. So my challenge to you is to pray without an agenda. At least two to three times this week, pray without an agenda. Just pray to connect, to share your love. Pray just to let them know that you love them and you want to say hi. Now you might be thinking, whoa, I have way too many things on my plate to pray without asking or receiving. I can't give up three of those prayers. Well, you could, and maybe you should, but consider that you could also add in those extra prayers. We aren't limited to mornings, nights, and meals. It wouldn't hurt to add in a few extra prayers. And as Jeffrey R. Holland said so beautifully in his recent YouTube video on how he hears the Lord, Praying vocally out loud adds a new level of connection that just seems to often be lost through silent prayer. I encourage you to give it a try and see what happens. And if you feel so inclined, share it with me on my Facebook page or message me privately. I would love to hear how these challenges are impacting 
and changing you personally and what you're learning. Thanks for joining me today. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and comment. Share this podcast and spread the word. As always, these are my thoughts and feelings, and you don't have to simply take my word for it. I encourage you to seek answers for yourself through prayer and scripture and doing your own study. If anything I said today is new to you and you want to learn more, check out the website comeuntochrist.org. Comeuntochrist.org. It's a great place to start, find more information, and get some questions answered. Tune in next week and join with me in learning and shaping the world as we learn more about who we really are and what that means for our life. Thanks for listening. I'm Charlene Chambers, and this is Created in Their Image. Mm -hmm.